Good afternoon. This is the weekly wrap for Friday, January 19th. Well, the corn market ended up down two cents for the week, closing at 4.45. Beans were down 11, closing at 12.13. Wheat market was down three in Chicago, closing at 5.93. Down seven in Kansas City, closing at 6.08. And the cotton market was up 2.6 cents, closing at 83.95. Crude oil market was up just 80 points, closing at 73.58. Managed money for the week, again, incredibly huge sellers of corn, selling 30,000 contracts, putting them now short 260,000 corn. Massive sellers of beans, selling 46,000 contracts, putting them now short 77,000 contracts. Sellers, again, of wheat, of 16,000 contracts, pushing their short position back down to 136,000 contracts. And for cotton, they were small buyers of 4,800 contracts, moving their short now to just 2,000 contracts. Export sales for the week were big for corn, really big for beans, uh, huge for wheat, almost a record for this uh, week, like the second largest wheat sales ever for this week. And then large cotton sales, again, uh, 420,000 contracts, way above trade expectations. Uh, the sales pace so far right now for cotton is exceeding the pace needed to hit the USDA number. We're running basically 300,000 bales above last year's numbers. Um, we're exceeding the pace needed to hit the wheat number. Uh, we're on pace to hit the beans, and we're slightly exceeding the pace on corn uh, to hit the USDA number. These are on sales. Uh, the macros are going to be very quiet here this week. Uh, the Federal Reserve, not a lot of data coming out, so very quiet on their front. The Ukraine-Russian uh, war continues to go on, very quiet there, no headlines out of there. The Israeli-Palestinian conflict has gone very quiet for headlines. Uh, the U.S., um, uh, England, uh, sort of combined joint venture of fighting the Houthis in Yemen. Uh, there's still been some light skirmishes back and forth. We continue to attack uh, key infrastructure of the Houthi rebels in Yemen. And then a new, a new uh, conflict arose here over the weekend, uh, into the week, and that was between Pakistan and Iran. Uh, remember, Pakistan has nuclear weapons, so that, that tends to take on a little more serious tone. So we're basically now dealing with four different conflicts around the world. Seemingly all commodity markets are immune to these. Uh, no real reaction by any of the markets, crude oil or grain or otherwise. Uh, more and more freight companies have uh, pulled out of shipping grains uh, through that Middle East corridor that's under fire. So even though freight rates have skyrocketed in a lot of these areas, has led to no real impact on, of course, any of the prices of these commodities. Uh, the Chinese market is very quiet. Uh, the stock market there has been crashing while ours have been setting record highs. Uh, their economy remains very sluggish uh, post-COVID opening. Uh, the market is expecting more stimulus. Uh, because Xi is, you know, basically your legacy is ident uh, basically closely aligned with economic success. And they have not done very well here over the last six months to a year 
uh, since reopening from COVID. It was interesting to note that uh, for the month of December, they did import a, a near record amount of corn. Um, so even for all of the talk of all the negativity coming out of China, um, it, you know, they, they imported a near record amount, 4.9 million metric tons of corn, uh, huge imports of barley and sorghum. And, um, you know, it, it kind of goes against the USDA's recent upgrade in the Chinese corn crop of 11 million metric tons. The data, of course, shockingly does not add up coming out of China. So even though we're talking their economy down, imports continue to rage on those three commodities. The S&P stock market here in the United States, as I referenced, has hit a record high close today. Highest close ever recorded. The economy is considered to remain in this Goldilocks scenario where we have the combination of low inflation, low unemployment, uh, modest wage growth. The federal spending, government spending remains at record high levels. And remember, as the federal government spends, that does eventually work its way into the economy. So it's considered highly stimulative. Um, the unfortunate side effect of that would be that eventually this high debt is going to catch up with us at some point in the future. But for now, it's just spend away and worry about tomorrow later. The odds of a rate cut in March have fallen from this 80% mark post uh, Chairman Powell's speech in December to now just 50%. As a result, the U.S. dollar has bounced and a lot of interest rates uh, have bounced up on that. South American weather continues to grind on. There have been some beneficial rains now in Mato Grosso and other parts of Brazil. Um, not as much as expected, but some beneficial rains. So that has quieted the talk down of any crop losses coming out of Brazil. Uh, it is starting to dry out in uh, Argentina. But since they've had such excellent rains and good temperatures up until this point, the market's not considering that a threat at the moment. Going forward here for the month of the remainder of January going into February, the Euro model that has been basically the most inaccurate is calling for heavy rains in February. And while the GFS has not, um, the February time frame is considered, you know, the most important crossover period. It's when we harvest the beans in Brazil and we turn around and replant right away in corn and cotton. And so, you know, it'll be one of these damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you get rains and slow up the harvest and then slow up the planting, it would actually be a far more detrimental impact on Brazil on their finishing of production and the replanting of their uh, second crop. Uh, conversely, if it stays dry and warmer, it will lead to further deterioration in yields on their bean crop. So it, it remains to be seen, but most of the analyst estimates continue to slowly fall. Uh, we're now working our way down into the low 150s for the average trade guess, while uh, a number of analysts are, are you know, moving their numbers between 140 and 150. And so far, again, based on managed money selling these markets, it's, it, it has no impact on the price, these crop losses at the moment. From a marketing perspective for corn, the funds are sitting on a record short for this time of year. South American weather remains volatile. The U.S. demand story remains relatively strong for ethanol. We're running slightly above USDA estimates. Feed demand, I would imagine, at these prices remains record high. 
exports are remaining strong. We had a good week again. So ultimately, the combination of these uh, and, and the balance sheet itself puts fair value, in my opinion, between 5 and 550 a bushel, not where we're trading right now. But it's very difficult to get the market to rally when you see uh, managed money speculators selling 20,000, 30,000 contracts a week for several weeks in a row. That's the, the main feature of this price action in corn. Beans, the managed money has flipped from uh, an 80,000 contract long in November to now an 80,000 contract short here in January. So basically in two months, they've been sellers of 160,000 contracts. That's what led, it's dominated the price action. Uh, in the backdrop of all of this, the South American crop has fallen some 10 to 20 million metric tons. Demand for U.S. soybeans remains record high for crush. Uh, we set a record here last week uh, on the crush, and at this pace, we're going to run roughly 20 million metric tons above the USDA number. It'll be a while before they actually make that correction on the balance sheet. Export sales, while sluggish and sort of sporadic, did show some signs of life again this week. So, you know, I think we're, we're definitely on pace to hit the sales number. The question will be shipments. We'll keep an eye on that development. Uh, for right now, the $13 area will act as heavy resistance as there's a gap left in the chart there. And then the longer term resistance comes in at that $14.25. I, I remain relatively bullish soybeans because I think ultimately the U.S. balance sheet does tighten. I do think the crop losses in South America will continue to be bigger. But we've still got uh, we've got some major damage technically on the charts that we need to repair. And again, that first area uh, would be somewhere around that $13 area that might present an opportunity for some of you to do some light marketing. But ultimately, I'd like to hold because I'm still expecting this recovery back to $14, $15 on beans. For wheat, the same targets are in place there. Looking for a recovery in Chicago wheat to $7.50, Kansas City to $8. These are all targets for corn, beans, and wheat that I expect to hit by the end of the first quarter, end of March. For cotton, there's pretty seismic shift going on in the balance sheet as we speak. Uh, with this large export number, we're now running, as I mentioned, well above the USDA's estimates on sales. Shipments that were behind some 400,000 bales versus last year are now only short 280,000. So, so in both metrics, we're running ahead of the number needed to hit the USDA number. So I would argue at this point, while the government has dialed in a 12.1 million bale export demand, we're clearly running well ahead of that number. And so, you know, if we stay on this pace here over the next four to six weeks, we're going to have to raise the export number and not lower it. The other thing to keep an eye on is the ginning progress. Uh, we're basically watching that slow down to a slow trickle. So the classings report showed only um, a gain of 130,000 bales this week. We ginned 260,000 bales last week. So that ginnings report is falling off very, very quickly. And at this point, we're only showing ginnings of about 11.3, 11.4 million bales. Remember, the government has the current crop at 12.4. So we're, we've still got roughly a million bales left to gin in the United States. At this point, I just don't see us hitting that target. So we're going to be down some three to 600,000 bales on the production side. Those adjustments will be slow to come by the USDA. But as you can tell, 
with a drop in the uh, supply side and an increase in the demand side. The U.S. balance sheet for cotton is getting squeezed to the point now where I feel highly confident we're going to go retest that 89 cent area, that resistance area, by the end of this first quarter. Uh, so, you know, hopefully by the end of February before anybody has to roll, uh, which in which case we'll continue to advance sales. But I can make the case that in the long run, once the, the farmer sales have uh, you know, liquidated a lot of their positions and this balance sheet certifies that it gets tighter, I can make a legitimate case for a test of a dollar on cotton uh, by the second quarter. That would be the April, May, June period. I'm going to need a little bit more time and a little data, more data to confirm that, but I'm getting much more confident in that call as this data rolls in. Okay, that's the update. These are my opinions and not those of ADM or ADMIS. Have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you soon.